Are you looking for freedom? Freedom from the daily grind and hustle? Or just finding a way to live the life you always wanted? Then join us on the Investing for Freedom podcast. Our host, Mike Ayala, will help you discover new ways to find freedom with tips, insights, and interviews. You'll learn the exact systems he's used to travel the world and live his best life. True success and happiness are all about freedom. And here's your roadmap on how to find freedom on your own terms. Welcome to the Investing for Freedom podcast. Here's your host, Mike Ayala. Thank you for joining me on the Investing for Freedom podcast. As I mentioned last week, I'm going to start a five or six part series on real estate investing and how Karen and I got started. Uh, which I think will be an inspiration for a lot of people that are not seasoned investors or not, you know, pretty far along on their investing career. And for those of you that are, um, you know, you might be inspired. I never, hardly ever hear someone's story about how they got started, no matter how experienced they are, no matter how experienced I am, where I'm not inspired by how they did something or the creativity behind it. So anyway, excited about the whole series. I get asked questions a lot about how we got started. And so I'm, I'm just excited to kind of get this out there. And I think this is a series of episodes that, you know, we can always point back to and just share with people about how we got started. So a lot of times, you know, people think that they need a lot of capital to get started. They think they need a lot of credit to get started. And that's just simply not the case. If you have all that, uh, great, it's going to make your life easier. But even if you don't, that should not be an excuse um, to not get moving and get started. So uh, I mentioned last week, you know, there's some things that one of my mentors, Barry Liparelli, always says, um, if you can find uh, the three Ds, death, divorce, and don't want them, um, some kind of reason why somebody wants to sell a property and why you're a good fit to buy that property, that's what creates win-wins. And so, you know, 99.9% of the time when somebody's looking to offload a property, there's a reason behind it. And that's where the death, divorce, and don't want them's come in. And then there's obviously people out there like you and me that are looking for those properties. And there's different cycles in our life too. I'm actually a seller of certain properties at this point in time. I've got a guy that's talking to me about some properties from our original portfolio that are in Nevada that, um, you know, I'm, I'm at a place where it's obviously not death. It's obviously not divorce, but there's for various reasons. Um, I'm a don't want them at this stage because I've got other things going on. So anyway, death, divorce, and don't want them. Uh, what's the win-win in a scenario? And, you know, uh, this goes back to the same thing with the freedom formula. What do you really want? Why do you want it? What are you going to do to get it? Measure results, adjust along the way. And that's what Karen and I did when we first started investing in real estate. And you probably heard this story before, but um, you know, coaching with the, the real estate group. And that's when we really started asking, what do we really want? Well, we want to make sure that we can retire, um, you know, before we're 95 years old. We want to make sure that we have passive income. And so the goal that we set was 10 income producing properties a year for 10 years. And we came back from that event and set our intention and, um, you know, started studying and researching and found the Real Estate Investors College by Dolph DeRoos. And it's a CD series you can still find out there um, on, on Amazon, the Real Estate Investors College by Dolph DeRoos. I think, I think they're like 250 bucks or something now, but the wisdom and the principles still apply. And man, I was just so inspired by that. So we set the goal of two income producing properties a year for 10 years. I listened to Dolph DeRoos' um, CD series. And then we just you know started looking and this is the reticular activator conversation or as Dan Sullivan says, the eyes only see and the ears only hear what the brain is looking for. Some of you might be saying, Mike, we've heard this over and over and over. Well, it's repetition. And it's really simple. There's only four or five things that you really got to focus on. So uh, when Karen and I started setting our intentions and really focusing on that, within, this is where the real estate deal part of the podcast comes in. Within a few months, I don't remember the exact time frame, but I was sitting down at lunch with a friend of mine 
and this is how we, this is the story of how we got our first deal done. We're sitting down at lunch and he's living in a two bedroom, one bath, uh, single wide on two and a half acres. And there was actually a little addition. So you call it two and a half bedrooms. And his wife, his first wife and him had had two children and he was since divorced. And then he had married um, his new wife and they had had two more kids. And so there was um, six of them essentially living in a two and a half bedroom, one bath, single wide. And they were looking for a new home. They had identified a new home, but the bank would not loan them uh, money on the new home without either selling that home or um, having a, a consistent renter in there for long-term. And obviously they couldn't have a consistent renter in there long-term because they were living in it. So I'm listening to his story. He's asking me, you know, what would you do? And the eyes only see and the ears only hear what the brain is looking for. We had set a goal of two income producing properties a year for 10 years. So my brain immediately went to work on this problem for this guy and how could, he was a, he was a didn't want him. And also fell into the divorce category because him and his wife had been divorced. So he's in the don't want him category. He's in the divorce category. And I'm in the want him category. So how do we make a deal work? And so I just started talking to him and I said, well, are you looking to get a lot of money out of it? And he's like, no, we actually owe more than I think we could sell it for. Um, this particular mobile home didn't have a permanent foundation. So the couple people that had wanted to buy it couldn't get financing on it. Nobody had the $42,000 cash that he owed on it. So I basically asked him, I said, listen, if, if I could get you out of the way, if we called your bank, and of course this was 2005 probably, if we called your bank and they let me assume that note, with you as a guarantor on it, but they would transfer it over to me. Um, and this wasn't a normal bank. I think it was Green Tree Financing, which is a mobile home financing company. Would you sell me that house? And, and you know, you stay on the loan, and, but it transfers over to my name. You're basically a guarantor. The bank's not in a bad position. Sure. So we called the bank and they said, yeah, no problem. And I said, okay, Kevin, what do you want? And he's like, well, why don't you give me $8,000 down or $8,000 and then take over the note? And I'm like, how about five? And he said, great. So I gave him $5,000 cash. I assumed the note, we did the paperwork. It was just like literally a one page assumption clause. And we were able to assume that loan. Now, whether that could happen today or not, I'm not 100% sure most banks wouldn't go for that. Um, and you'll hear in an episode, probably two or three weeks down the road, how um, we did a wraparound clause. It was basically a lease option because wraparounds are not completely legal anymore today. But we did a, a, a lease to buy clause on a commercial building where the owner had a first position loan still with a bank on it. So you can still get away with some of this, but you know, there's probably not a lot of that type of financing where you could just get call a bank and say, hey, I want to assume this loan. But again, that was 2005. That's how we got our first deal done. So um, these are going to be short episodes going forward. But um, again, that's how we got our first deal done. And the reason why I'm really sharing this is I want you guys to really think about, you know, it doesn't take a whole lot of money. It doesn't take a whole lot of credit. Sometimes it's just creativity and finding win-win scenarios. A lot of times somebody that wants out of a property you're the solution to their problem. And we don't see it that way. You are, you're constantly just thinking to yourself, well, why would anybody sell me this if I don't have $100,000? Why would anybody want to let me do that? Well, there's a lot of reasons behind it and we don't always know that. But just keep in mind, the last thing I want to leave you with with that quick first story, my friend had a problem and my brain went to work on the solution. And it was actually really easy. Sometimes it's not going to be that easy and you might have to come up with solution number one, which may not work. Then you may have to move on to solution number two, which may not work. Sometimes it might take three or four iterations and that's okay too. But the eyes only see and the ears only hear what the brain is looking for. So if you're looking for certain opportunities and you stick with it, 
your brain will actually go to work and come up with creative ideas and, and systems. And all you have to do is just not be scared to, to bring it up there. I mean, what's the worst they could do? Say no. What's the worst thing that my buddy could have done? Said, no, I won't do five. I'll do eight. Great. Or no, Mike, I need to get completely cashed out. I'm not comfortable being in a second position. Okay, great. That's fine. Whatever. So anyway, I want to throw that out there. Hopefully it encourages you guys. Um, Karen and I would never have gotten started if we thought to ourselves, man, I don't have $42,000. How could I ever buy this home? My brain went to work, got creative. We came up with a win-win scenario. It was a win for the bank. It was a win for my buddy. And it was a win for us. And by the way, we rented that house for probably seven, eight years as a rental. And then that particular home got wrapped up with a couple other houses that we ended up using to leverage in another existing deal and, and sold those off. And so, you know, it was a long-term win for us. Um, great rental property, produced consistent cash flows. And then in the end, when we finally sold it, I think probably, well, we didn't actually sell it. We traded it in some, a deal with some other real estate and stuff. So that was probably four or five years ago. So, you know, our very first deal was a, was a home run. It got us moving. And next week, next Monday, I'm going to talk to you about our second deal, which was a little bit more complicated. It wasn't a mobile home, um, but there were some serious situations that the seller was facing that would eliminate 99% of buyers. And we just happened to be the buyer that had the solution. So I look forward to this series and uh, continuing to talk to you guys about how we structured deals and how we got creative. And hopefully it just sparks some you know, just some excitement, maybe some creativity in you. And if nothing else, get you excited about the possibilities with real estate and investing. You don't have to have a million bucks in order to become a millionaire. Um, there's that old saying that takes money to make money. I don't necessarily agree with that because um, as you'll see over the next few weeks, we made a lot of money over the years, bought a lot of real estate, built a lot of assets with no money down. So have a great week. If you found value in this episode and you know someone who's wanting to start or move further along in their journey toward investing for freedom, I would be forever grateful if you would share this show with them and help me get this message out to more listeners. Also, if you enjoy what you've heard, I would appreciate it if you'd take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. And until the next episode, cheers to moving further along in your journey of investing for freedom. You've been listening to the Investing for Freedom podcast with Mike Ayala. For show notes and links mentioned in this episode, go to investingforfreedom.co.